All right. And we are live, uh, not from Prump Nevada tonight, from Las Vegas. Uh, joining me via Zoom was going to be Logan Tyler, longtime co-host. You want to? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, just confirmed your audio is working, so <laughs> that's all good. Uh, Ali will be standing in for Jimmy Lewis tonight. I'm normally producer Matt, tonight host Matt. Uh, Jimmy is still in Mexico for the Nora uh, race down there, so hopefully that's all going smoothly. He said he might join us later tonight to actually, you know, answer your questions and do tech talk stuff. But tonight's really just going to be Logan and I talking about some beginner bikes that we got to ride last year. And it's going to be for a shootout video that's coming up soon. The, the bikes that we got to ride were a 2022 Beta Cross Trainer, a 2022 Honda CRF 250F, a 2023 KTM Freeride EXC. And then we're also going to be having or be talking about the KLX 250R S. Now, we didn't get a Yamaha in time for that shoot for that shootout, so we just kept it to those four bikes. And it was pretty pretty interesting to ride all these bikes. Uh, my first, personally, my first one I ever rode was actually a two thirty, so it was pretty cool to be riding bikes that were similar displacement. But yeah, it was pretty cool to see kind of what's on the market for someone who might be you know full size and just looking to get into riding dirt bikes. If because when I'm teaching beginners out in prompt. I typically don't get a whole lot of kids. I get a lot of people who just said, hey, I've always wanted to ride, but never had a chance until now. So these are some good, uh, these were all good bikes. They're almost full frame and some full frame bikes that were designed to be easy to ride, easy, you know, mellow power band, suspension that's not gonna, you know, knock your socks off. And it's gonna be, uh, they were pretty fun bikes, right, uh, to ride. So uh, yeah, overall, uh, Logan, <laughs> first off, how you been, man? It's been a while. Uh -huh. Pretty good. I got a buzz cut, so. Oh, buzz cut. Is that why we're rocking yeah. the beanie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bleached it last night, so don't tell Jimmy. Don't tell Jimmy. <laughs> I know the, the different color hair might confuse him, although he might need his readers yeah. to notice. <laughs> but I didn't say that. Uh, cool. It's cool to see you all in the chat, seeing uh, Soupy Socks, uh, San Felipe Bob, and Bill O'Neill, Ollie Christopher. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Mark Daniels. Yeah, it's just TTT. Uh, no tequila in the in in my place in Vegas. Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, not the biggest tequila guy. So anyway, how's school going, Logan? Uh, pretty good. Kind of wrapping up the the school year with a couple last in the last couple of weeks. So nothing new to learn. Just getting ready for finals. Nice, nice. Uh, what's been your best subject so far? Uh, probably math. Math? Okay, we like to hear that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> last year it was not too hot, but this year it's very fun and learning a lot of stuff in it. So, mm -hmm. pretty good. Sweet, sweet. Well, cool. So, well, without any further ado, I think we'll go ahead and we'll get into these uh, beginner bikes. So, again, the bikes we got to ride last summer were the KLX 230RS, uh, CRF 250F, uh, Beta Cross Trainer and the Honda Freeride EXC. So a lot of different bikes that did a lot of different things. So Logan, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll start with the KLX 230RS. So overall, let's kind of go into what you thought about it. Um, for if you've never ridden any other bike or not planning on it, it would be a tremendous bike just to start and then work a little bit up. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to serve you very well if you're going to try other bikes and then because it's feels different and 
the su suspension is fine as long as you don't try anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, overall, the, the suspension was kind of the weakest part of this bike. It, uh, I just put a picture of it on the screen so people know what bike we're talking about. Uh, that was my impression, too, is the power was pretty pretty friendly, actually. The fuel, inje fuel injection 230 was very nice. I enjoyed that part about it. Uh, the clutch was consistent, you know, with the cable clutch. No, felt no fade there. Brakes were fine. Uh, they weren't going to rock your socks off. But this is and overall, this bike was it was solid. I really like that this one was the lowered version of the KLX 230R. So if you're really short of stature, it's a good bike for that. Uh, another thing I really remembered about this bike is it seemed to be meant to be ridden sitting, sitting down. That yes. was the biggest thing about the cockpit with this bike. The rider triangle was pretty compact. And as soon as you stood up, it, even though it was a smaller frame bike, I felt like I had to adjust a lot more than with other 230s that I've had to ride. Uh, yeah. You, you and I have a fair share of experience on lowered or small frame bikes, you know, helping out with Jimmy yeah. with the rental bikes in the class. And this one, it just didn't really feel like a dirt bike it's, uh, with the cockpit. No, it just felt like it took a decent rider to stand up and control it. Mm -hmm. But you could definitely work yourself your way into it. From yeah. The beginning. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I actually had to, and, and, you, and we have an upcoming shootout video coming out for this, and in this video, you'll actually see me teach people on this bike, and that was a big thing, was standing up on this bike, it was a little awkward for sure, and especially with the foot pegs. The foot pegs were pretty narrow, if I remember correctly. And, I don't remember that, but... Okay, I thought I remembered something, was, something else was kind of weird about this bike when it came to... No, I think the, they were far back. No, that was the... That was, the, no, 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 I remember... The, the the whole seat and the whole seat and the frame actually felt wide it felt yes. like it was pushing your feet off of the foot pegs when you try to grip but that's what it was uh yeah. so that was another knock on this bike for me but you know if you're just looking to get into riding dirt bikes and you need a really low you need a really low seat and honestly if you're coming from from street and you just want to sit down and go on easy to ride trails i it's kind of a fun it's a pretty good bike for that yeah, definitely. Yeah. It definitely gets you into the world of dirt. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And especially with that power, it was just like a 230, you know, typical 230 power. All of it was down low. When you came up to the top, it would start to sing, sign off a little bit. Uh, the electric start was nice. Everything about this bike is pretty solid. Just nothing really stood out to me about this is the bike that I would want if I was just getting into it, unless I was coming from street. Yeah. Probably. Mm -hmm. I haven't much street riding, but this was definitely not my favorite pick, but it would definitely, I'd, I'd take it as a bike. Yeah. Yeah. Like the no reliability issues, none, none to speak of everything about that was solid. Kickstand seemed pretty good too. Uh, I know that's a big concern for people who are learning to get on the bike, even though you and I, we always teach people always put the kickstand up. It's yeah. not like a KTM kickstand where if you want to get on it with the kickstand down, I don't think it's going to snap. We're going to, break any bolts or anything so when it comes to that this bike was pretty good so has a weak point has a strong points did everything okay but nothing really spectacular yep um that's pretty much all i had for it it yeah is there anything else you want to add on that bike nope nothing else than just it's a pretty good bike mm -hmm. but nothing stood out amazing yeah i in the, the when it came to the turning, it seemed pretty, that, that lower chassis, it actually seemed pretty, pretty planted when it came to the turning and everything. Uh, 
Yeah, you can uh, just definitely lay it over because the mm -hmm. lower C and but having said that, it definitely wasn't the most nimble either. Oh, like like no. <laughs> that, that that wider stance, it definitely felt like it would take a little bit for it to actually initiate the turn. Uh, so it's planted and stable almost to a fault. So that was another thing about this this bike. I really I wanted to touch on really quick because yeah. I'm looking through my notes here. Uh, just I do have notes. I, I did come somewhat prepared <laughs> when it came to, to this bike, but yeah, that was the last thing I wanted to touch on. If a lawnmower was a dirt bike, well, it, it is green, so you know it's it also blended in with your lawn as well, like Kawasaki green. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's move on to the next bike that we rode here. So this next one I want to go into is the one I was actually most excited to try out just because I'd never ridden an electric motorcycle before. And I got to go to the intro for this bike. And this is the KTM Freeride E-XE. Uh, this was a really cool bike. Uh, if you want to call it that, it seemed to not really know what it was. It didn't seem to know if it was an electric, if it was a dirt bike, if it was a mountain bike or, uh, an e-bike. It, it didn't know what it was. That was its biggest weakness to me. Yeah. But wow, was this thing fun to ride. Oh, it was such a blast. Something new as mm -hmm. a motor. And it was something cool to learn. Yeah. Motor works. Same, same, same for me. It was the first time, my first electric bike experience. So I never got to listen, just hear the chain slap and nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I ever put this in any article or any video, but I actually made a phone call while riding this bike just to see how quiet it was. And in my AirPod, the AirPods in my headphones, you could, uh, the person I was calling had no idea that I was riding. They couldn't hear it at all. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So this bike was, was pretty, was pretty interesting to ride. It has the three power modes. It has power mode one, which is basically just, uh, in my opinion, it, it I don't know. It's it's not rideable if you know how to ride a dirt bike, but if you've never touched a motorcycle before, it's super super easy to ride. Uh, is in my opinion, this actually had the best twist throttle. If you've never touched a twist throttle before, it was actually the best. Uh, tw uh, sorry, best twist throttle to ever learn on. In my opinion, if I don't know if you spent much mo uh, time on this in Power Mode One, I did not spend much time. It was mostly I was only there for like photos and little hot clips so mm -hmm. but i so i didn't really do anything slow but it was the suspension was nice going mm -hmm. quicker and then the motor would definitely go up to 50 and mm -hmm. you could definitely go around and have fun yeah yeah definitely and oh, we do have jimmy actually joining in right now so this will be a nice little addition i'm gonna have to rearrange some stuff on the show here but We'll bring Jimmy on right now and see what he thought. He did the most content on this. So let's go to just this. Jimmy. Okay, there we go. There we go. Hey, Jimmy, you'd be surprised. No, I did. I messed up. I, you're, you were muted almost the whole time. So you should be on now. I was, I was frozen or you had me muted. Uh, a little bit of both, honestly. <laughs> I muted the whole time. You were muted, but you were freezing up too. Right. Uh, let's see. Close this low. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know if uh, this is going to be working here. <laughs> I think Jimmy's Wi-Fi's are uh, might be out of range here. 
Yeah. He yeah. might be messing up the show more than we are. I know. I know. And I'm the one who actually had him muted and he was cutting in and out a little bit. Yeah. Hey, Jamie, you're actually, Logan made a good point. You're actually messing up the show more than we are. Uh, you know, that's debatable. Yeah. But are, yep. are we back? There we go. That's much better now. There we go. We were just kind of looking at a frozen Jimmy there for a little bit. It was. That's got to be horrible. So you're. You're explaining the beginner bikes. You're moderating the uh, the chat with Logan, which has to be crazy. Uh, like you got to shut that guy up sometimes. Yeah, well, you know he's actually been doing a doing good conversation here. I'm the one who, if there was an uh counter going on right now, I'd set the record. I think for most uhs and ums right now. Awesome. Well, you guys, you guys keep the show going really nice. They're talking about those beginner bikes. I'm gonna go plug my phone in. And are, do we have a couple questions lined up? Uh, I not have a chance to look at grab the questions yet. New job. Keep uh, me busy. Uh, uh, that was two us in one sentence. Yep. Yep. I don't get out of the house very much these days, Jamie. So I, <laughs> my speech is definitely taking a turn for the worst. <laughs> yeah. Look at that screen doesn't help. But yeah, there's a lot of off-road cars here. We, we have like 27 or 20, 28 bikes, I think, in the motorcycle class here at Nora. It's been, you know, pretty uh, pretty normal, just a super fun event. Like, every night there's a finish line party. That's where I was walking around earlier. Nice. There's right now a lot of the, the slower cars are coming in. They've been driving from Bay of L.A. since, like, they. I think they left at 7 o'clock this morning, so it's kind of a long day for them. And tomorrow we run down to La Paz. I might even ride my motorcycle a little bit. So should oh. be should be good, but anyways, that's uh, that's what I'm up to. Yeah, just uh, don't don't break the internet's with all the awesome content. We won't break it with awesome content. We just finished going over the KLX and we're just starting the free ride. Right, uh, nice hat, Logan. Yeah, had to cover up the haircut. Uh oh, who cut it? Uh, it's my buddy in the school parking lot. Do the chicks like it? They do. Oh, good. Yeah, I yeah. used to have hair. Well, I got rid of it. <laughs> oh my god, you look like Eminem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's Slim Shady. Okay, well, you guys uh, carry on, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe if the batteries charge up, I'll call back in. You got some questions or something? Yeah, yeah. We'll see if there's any questions in the chat. Put okay. them in and potentially. Keep- Keep track of them. We'll go from there. Yeah, and Jimmy, if you call back in, call back in from here, from where you're at right now. From in, in here, not out in the in the circus. Yes, yes. Right. Okay, sounds good. All right, we'll see you. See you. Okay. Well, well, we thought he was going, but he can't find it. <laughs> Is he finding the leave button? <laughs> uh, hey, Jimmy, you're still there. There we go. <laughs> All right, cool. So that was Jimmy, you know, the the, the one who normally comes up here. Uh, I know we don't have the same energy as him, but we're not as experienced. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm glad, glad, to see that, uh, glad to see that Mexico is going good. <laughs> yeah, I think that race is going good. Uh, Josh, I can tell you, I, unless he hopped on it down in Mexico, I don't think he did. I don't think so. Uh, last last I heard, he has not hopped on that yet. So anyway, so KTM Freeride has the 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 suspension on it was actually pretty solid. Uh, I actually really like the suspension on this bike. I would have it I'd was have it was pretty easy to tune. 
Uh, and for what it is, it was pretty, really good. It was, in my opinion, I wouldn't say it was the most comfortable suspension out of all the bikes in this shootout, but it was probably the most aggressive, if that makes sense. You could ride this bike the most aggressive out of all four of the bikes in this beginner shootout. Uh, and this one, I had the least amount of bottoming out, if at all. Uh, I really actually had to almost try, I pretty much had to try intentionally bottom it out. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever got it bottomed up mm -hmm. either. Yeah, uh, power mode one, it was it was definitely essentially, I would compare it to like a TTR 125, but even less aggressive. That's how I would compare it. Really easy to learn that twist throttle. Uh, the power modes two and three are basically, so let's see, is it the power comparable to a 60, 80 CC two stroke? Uh, I would actually say Power mode two, power mode three was more comparable to a 125 two stroke, but rather than having to rev it the whole time, it has a very linear power band. It's a very smooth pull from the bottom all the way to the top of its power, power range. And this bike was capped out at about 50, no, not about, it was hard capped at 50 miles per hour. So from zero to 50, you had the straight linear pull, but as soon as you got to that 50, that was it. That was essentially this bike's rev limiter. Uh, this bike was about, I think this bike was heavier than the others, if I remember correctly. Uh, wait, no, no, no. It was in the middle. The The Honda was the heaviest, actually. The Honda was about two, 260. 260. 260 was the Honda CRF250. This bike was more around the 240 ranges, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't have the stat. I need to have the stat seat sheets in front of me here. Um I can't remember off the top of my head, but, but power modes two and three are basically where if you're not a beginner, this is where you write those, those are the power modes you ride on this bike. Uh, and Logan, do you agree with that estimate? Um, sorry with my compare comparison there. It's kind of like a 125 two stroke, but really low on your power bound. Yeah, definitely the electric version of a 125 two stroke. Mm -hmm. And then did you ever get to ride it in power mode two a whole lot? Uh, so I did only because it was getting low on battery. Mm -hmm. We were in the sand and it was much easier to ride in the sand. Yeah. Because I never got up to 50 miles an hour because we we're just doing nice little turns. And so it was pretty much the same down low. Mm -hmm. But it just tops out sooner. Yeah, on the power mode three. So, uh, and Finn, actually, believe it or not, heat was not an issue. I rode this bike at 105 degrees, and I got the same battery life as I did at like 60, 70 degrees. Uh, this bike, this engine is actually water cooled, so you can hear the cool, the coolant actually going around in this the the water pump actually uh, getting the coolant moving around to cool it down. Uh, so that was pretty interesting. The the light switch, the lights and the ignition switch were actually all operated off of a separate battery as well. So it was to it's totally possible to accidentally leave that the the key on overnight and kill the battery, and the bike wouldn't start, even though the battery is fully charged. It was very interesting. So uh, it do does have really good traction control as well, actually, which makes sand really easy. Um, I remember at the intro, what I actually played around with was I would get the bike uh, kind of stuck up on a hill and I'd just twist the throttle to full throttle and the, the wheel would actually, it never really, it would have a hard time breaking traction. It would actually just move really slowly. 
Now, if you're going up a hill and you would just give it a blip, yeah, the traction control would let slip. But it was, that part was pretty interesting about it. Um, Noah, curious about the Washerville 2 and Millville 2. Uh, no, that'll be a question for uh, Jimmy right now, um, if he hops on later. Calyx 230 has a weird auto to keep from stalling as a learner bike. It's not really helpful in teaching good clutch skills. Uh, you know, I don't... When I was teaching beginners on this bike, I didn't have a much problem with that. Now, what was a problem is it almost seemed to have a tip over sensor when the bike would ever fall over and we picked it up, it would have a hard time starting again. And that was really annoying. Um, so Logan, what other things kind of stood up to, to you about this bike? Cause we already kind of touched on the power. Um, the suspension I was good. It. Yeah, I like the suspension a lot. It was, I never really tuned it, but mm. everywhere I used it, it wasn't getting me in any trouble. Mm. And then, the power was manageable and also you could get in a little trouble on power three if you're being kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, pretty good all around. Mm -hmm. The, Oh, the, the foot pegs were set. Back yeah. A little bit. That was the next thing I was going to bring up. I was going to go into the chassis and, and handling characteristics of this bike. Uh, the, yeah. the, the chassis setup is where this bike really, was a turnoff for me. This is where it seemed to be confused on what market it was chasing after dirt bike guys or mountain bike guys, because both of the levers, the clutch and the brake lever were both up on the handlebars. So instead of a clutch, you had your rear brake now and why that's like, okay, that's kind of weird for mountain bike guys is because on mountain bikes, you know, it's, it's flip-flopped, you know, the rear brake is where the dirt bike front brake is and the rear brakes where the dirt bike clutch is. So, for it to say, well, they're kind of going for both. It, I don't know, to me, you have to pick one or the other. Uh, when I first hopped on this bike and I was trying to actually get on the rear brake with the, the foot pedal, I almost slipped off the foot pegs a few times going down hills because I kept trying to go for that foot brake, that rear brake pedal, and it wasn't there. Yes. Uh, so that was the weirdest thing for me. And I don't know if I necessarily liked having the rear brake. Like you get used to it throughout the day. Mm -hmm. but it definitely takes a lot of mental energy to think about, okay, rear brake is on my left hand is on, is where the clutch is right now. And, but uh, there's that, there's no shift lever as well. It's just twist and go. Don't think about it. And the weirdest thing about this bike for sure was where the foot pegs were located. This was something that I think everyone who hopped off this bike, that was their biggest complaint was the rider triangle. Uh, it almost seems to, it almost seems to be like a, it wants to almost be like a trials bike in that regard. The, the foot pegs are pretty far back. The rider triangle is kind of elongated. And so it leaned, it, it forced you to lean forward and almost do like a plank on the handlebars a little bit more than on a traditional bike. Uh, you felt that too, right, Logan? Yeah, I definitely felt like my butt was positioned a little bit more forward than on a normal bike. Mm -hmm. And then my head was still in the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually did affect where I would want to sit when I'm turning this bike or I'm standing when I'm turning this bike. Cause when I sit on a typical dirt bike, I'm trying to get as far forward as possible on that tank to try and get, you know, my weight forward so I can initiate the turn and control the turn. But on this bike, I found myself sitting a little further back, uh, in order to maintain a turn the way I wanted it to. Cause I get the front end wanting to wash out a lot if I was sitting way too far forward on the seat. And I think that has a lot to do with the, how the rider triangle is set up. 
Um, I don't know if you noticed anything like that when you were sitting. I know you said you sit notice you're sitting down a little further back, but um, nothing like just a little bit back, and then other than that, the triangle was different. Took mm -hmm. some learning too, but once I got it, I had it. So yeah. It wasn't. It, it, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't as a smooth transition for me when it came to that, just because I was so ingrained to sitting in once trying to sit pretty much as far forward as possible on this bike that just didn't work for me. Uh, yeah. Finn, that is a good point. He says lots of fine, uh, lots of fine control through your brake on the handlebar. Uh, I would agree with that, but in my experience, when it comes to dirt bikes, I actually just tend, I, I never really do, do a whole lot of modulation with that rear brake. And that didn't really change when I was riding this bike. I was, I didn't use the rear brake any differently than I would on a normal dirt bike. Uh, I don't know if you tried playing around with that a little bit more. Logan? Um, I definitely tried modulating it a little bit better, mm -hmm. but I can also control a rear brake with my foot pretty well. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't an advantage to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, I didn't feel any advantageous to me either. Uh, I'm saying that word incorrectly, I know. Supi socks, why did they place the foot pegs like that? Due to the chassis or just the design of the overall bike? I believe it was due to the chassis. If you look at it, it's actually kind of a, it's a two-piece frame. Uh, so the, the foot pegs are a little further back, and uh, I believe because of that. Let's see here. Do they offer a brake pedal? I do not believe they offer a rear brake pedal. There is a company out there, I think Dirt First Racing. They will actually make a, they turn these free rides into essentially 85cc motocross bikes. And they actually say you can actually buy the old free ride brake pedal. It mounts right up onto this frame. If I remember correctly, don't. I wouldn't say don't quote me on that, but there is a company out there that can help you dial it, dial this in with the rear brake pedal. Uh, Brenda says they haven't had a rear brake in 17 years and the handbrake rules. I definitely understand. Like, it, I think this is, comes down to a preference at this point or if you want that handbrake or not. So how long did the battery last in party mode? That's a good way of putting it. I believe we got... I believe we got about 45 minutes out of this battery. I'm double checking my notes on this one, but I believe it was about 45 minutes in the fun mode. And it was uh, about 20 to 30 miles is what you were getting. Uh, 40 minutes, exactly. Yeah, so 40 minutes is what we were getting and about 20, 30 miles. And that was like riding hard. Uh, that was one thing that was what I was doing. I, we would try some different things. Like one thing I found that would get a little bit more battery life is get it in power mode two to get to the trail, power mode three on the trail and power mode two getting back. I get a little bit more battery life on, on this bike and it actually does a really good job of letting you know where the battery is at. So on the little, on the seat right there, there's a little dashboard that has little levers that show you, uh, sorry, but has lights that show you where the battery is at. And what's interesting about it is it will beep and it will go into essentially emergency mode. And this is the reserve on this bike. I think it's the last 10% and it can allow you just to crawl back home. So range is a big weakness of this bike. The, cha the, the chassis rider triangle is also a big weakness of this bike. Uh, but overall, like, I was, it's just a fun bike to have. Like if you're just looking for a cool bike to have in your garage, uh, this is a good bike. I think another point I made in the video that will come out on, on our beginner shootout is this is a good bike. If say you have a bunch of kids coming up or you want, let's say you have, you know, like uh, I don't know, range from like 10 to 14s, 14 year old. This is an interesting bike for them because power mode one 
is a perfect beginner bike. It, it's awesome when it comes to learning the from the power. Sorry, it's a perfect beginner power, I should say. And twist and out throttle, you can learn where you get really comfortable with the twist throttle using power mode one. And then as they get more and more comfortable with that, you can kind of grow into power mode two or three. So this is a bike that uh, a kid could hop off of and feel like they got a great ride and it was a safe ride in power mode one. And then the dad or the mom could hop on it in power mode three and have just as fun of a ride. I don't know many bikes that can do that. And this this is like two or three bikes in one. And that was really cool about this. I don't know if there's anything that's anything else that stood out to you about this bike. Um, so my first time on the bike was like weird because Jimmy just said, hey, go ride to that part of the property and take the free ride, see what you think. And mm-hmm. I'm coming into a turn and I go to hit the rear brake and I go for a dab because I didn't hit the rear brake and I just went straight to the floor. Yeah. Because using the clutch kind of felt exactly like a clutch. Mm-hmm. So I would give it a little throttle and it would kind of pull a little forward. And as I let it out, it would go forward. So I was like, yeah. oh, that's clutch. Go to hit the brake, hit the floor. And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> that's weird. Where's the, where's the rear brake? Yeah. And then, so I skid the front wheel and I was like, okay, the right side is the front brake what's the left and so i nab it and it was the rear brake and i was like oh that's that was weird yeah because i had no clue jimmy just said go take it and try it right and you know you you mentioned something the the rear brake can almost work like a clutch i I actually used that because that was one of the criticism with this bike oh there's no clutch so how can you you know give it a little blips to get over obstacles if you wanted to ride it at a higher level yeah what i was actually able to essentially load the load some tension up uh against the rear brake and i was actually able to use it almost like a friction zone to get the bike to pop the front wheel pop up and over logs i have some videos and photos of me going over the logs on this bike with no problem just by using that rear brake almost like a clutch yeah that's that's why it felt so like a real clutch to me because i was like i pulled it and i was like Oh, it didn't go all the way back. Must be something mm. weird with the electronics or something. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. Give it a little throttle as I'm letting out the clutch. And so it felt like a normal clutch. Mm. And then, so I came to a stop and it did, it started to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some other points on this bike, it's Brembo. Uh, no, it's not Brembo brakes front and rear, if I remember right, but it was still really good braking. Uh, it, you know, I'd say they're almost as good, if not as good as the typical Brembo bikes you see on a KTM. Uh, they were pretty impressive, pretty strong. Uh, seat was also super comfortable on this bike. And the battery charging was, I was pretty impressed with the battery charging. So it only took about, let's say, from less than 10% to full charge. It was about an hour and 50 minutes. So you can get 40 minute ride, hour and 50 minute, charge time to get back to hundred percent. And it really, which I know it seems like, that seems like a long time, but in the world of electric bikes and uh, electric vehicles, uh, that's kind of impressive. Uh, just with battery technology, still not as impressive as just pulling up to a gas station and filling up your tank and you're good to go again. So I don't think the, the electric bike market is ready. Like this is not meant, but KTM doesn't say this is a replacement for your dirt bike. This is just a fun little play bike to have. Uh, and it's good to learn, teach a beginner on if they're scared of that twist throttle. 
And I think it kind of it, it does a good job of being that. It knows what it it's confused, but they know it's not a serious stir bike. Uh, trials tires front and rear as well that hooked up pretty well everywhere. Pretty yeah, that kind of summarizes my thoughts on this bike. It's a fun, unique bike. It has some really strong points for beginners, but it's definitely not a replacement for your gas bike. That's for sure. Uh, is there any closing thoughts you had on the free ride? Uh, I liked. It's definitely if some if one of your buddies has one, go and try it. It's mm-hmm. a neat feeling to for an electric dirt bike, and but other than that, it's pretty good bike. Yeah, yeah. The price tag is another thing about this bike. That's its biggest yeah. weakness. I uh, let me see. Let me recall the MSRP right now. Yeah, it's a eleven. $11,300 MSRP. Uh, and then I forgot another bit, but my last thing on this bike, sorry guys, and I'm going all over the place. Uh, Finn, I'll get your comment in a second. Uh, the, the Another big drawback was that the power, the, the charger did require a 220 volt plug-in. So pretty similar to the plug-in for your, for most uh, dryers. Uh, not very common in garages though. So Jimmy had to install a special plug-in for this for, for the for the charger in order to get us to charge this thing up. That was another big weakness for this bike. Uh, generators will typically have this as well. The KTM is a little nervous if you don't have a good gener- generator. So make sure that you have a good generator before you hook it up to that. So cool. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and hop. We're going to go ahead and switch gears here now, just because we're time's flying. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, if there's any other chats, uh, if chat has any other questions on, on this bike, please feel free to put them in. This was a fun bike. Uh, so Finn, I don't know if we're going to review. I haven't heard anything about us getting a start bar yet, but uh, if they could deliver on half the things they promised, I think it's pretty cool. But I, I think they over, I think they over promised. So we'll see how far out they still are. So here, here we go. So this next bike I want to talk about is the 2022 Beta Cross Trainer. Now this was a fun bike. Uh, if there was any bike from this shootout that I would take home for me, uh, this would probably be the one. Really fun dirt bu- uh, bike as well. Uh, this is the Beta 300RR, but in a smaller frame, and they changed the pipe on it as well. So it's a little bit, it's much easier power. And yes, I did teach beginner bikes on real beginners on this bike as well, as, as I did with the KTM Freeride. And it honestly reminds me a lot of uh, what you, the, the power band reminds me a lot of what you would expect from a 230. Uh, a lot of power is down low when it gets to the top, it kind of signs off. The suspension was very plush, very easy to ride on, very easy to ride. Uh, the chassis, the ride triangle felt really good as well. Pretty dirt bike, <laughs> pretty dirt bike-esque. Uh, and yeah, overall, this is just this was just a fun bike to ride. I had, if I was to go down a really gnarly trail, this is my first choice, like hands down. If I was to go do an extreme enduro, I'm going. I am hopping on the Beta Cross Trainer. Uh, Logan, what were your thoughts about this bike? Um, fun bike, definitely could. Like as long as you keep it away from the super high speed stuff, mm-hmm. it's a solid bike. And then it outshines most of the bikes at like hard and narrowy stuff and like the slower stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, the the 300 power is still there. It's just very, very easy to use compared to a typical 300. Yes. Uh, 
like I beginners were hopping on this bike and yes, they were stalled. This bike did stall the most surprise, surprise the two stroke stalled the most when it came to teaching people how to use a clutch, but it not nearly as much as you'd think. And the power is never overwhelming. Uh, I do agree at higher speeds, this bike gets a little twitchy. Definitely want to keep the speeds low. And especially if the trail is ironically, if it, if the trail is rough and fast, the bike doesn't really seem to like that. Uh, how nimble it is almost seems to work against it at those higher speeds. Cause this is a very light motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, let me pull up the weight on it really quickly, but yeah, that's the 21 model, the year before that model. Uh, that's the one you have. Yeah. That's the one that I had my big crash on with my shoulder and lung Mm -hmm. and it was a fast, rough trail and just bucked me right off. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The suspension was, it comes back to, so it's very comfortable suspension, but it's also, it's pretty soft. Uh, I was, I was 200, I, I think 60 pounds when we were doing this test, when we were testing this bike and it was pretty easy for me. Sorry, I'm 160 pounds and I, it was pretty easy for me to bottom out this bike. Uh, but when you're, when, when you think about who it's designed for, you know, someone who's actually lighter than me, but also probably not going as fast or as through aggressive as trails as Logan and I, it's, it's, Honestly, I can't knock against it. It's really comfortable, really easy to ride. Uh, the The chassis was super, super nimble. We already talked about that. Uh, but And we already talked about how it's nimble to a fault uh, when it comes to turns and stuff. It wasn't the most planted. It, it definitely, you definitely were, may, need to make sure your body position was right and that you're taking the turn at the right speed. There wasn't a whole lot of adjusting to try and keep it in the turn to save it. Uh, this one did have the Brembo brakes, if I remember correctly, and they were, am I incorrect on that? I don't know. I, last time I heard, I don't think Beta used them, but give me a sec. Uh, but even if they're not, the, the brakes were super solid, you know, no issue on these, uh, on the brakes at all. It does feature uh, a hydraulic clutch as well. That was super easy to use. Really nice. Uh, overall, there was a lot to like about this machine. Uh, very, very uh, beginner friendly, as well as someone who's just looking for a second bike in the garage friendly. Like I said, out of all these bikes, this was the one I personally would take home. Not necessarily the best I would recommend for a beginner, though, just because the two stroke does kind of it does make it a little bit more tricky to learn the clutch than your typical thumper four stroke. But it still has a lot of good attributes about it. The lowered seat height is really nice as well. This isn't a full frame bike, full frame bike like I've talked about before. So it was really easy to get on and off. That was really nice for people. And I'm trying to remember if there's anything else of note with this bike, but it's just a really fun bike. I mean, it's it's a it's a smaller 300 that's easier to ride. It's a great recipe for su- success. Beta cross trainer. No matter your skill level, you're gonna have a great time on this bike. So the, the beta in my garage does not have Brembo's. Okay. But that's the 390. So might be different, but Mm -hmm. to my knowledge, I think that it's not, it's not murder either. It's like an in. Yeah, you're right. It is in, it is in an in-house. You're correct. It is in-house. Uh, so my, uh, mistake on that. Uh, again, I'm trying to do a lot of this from memory. I didn't have the most time to get all my notes ready. (laughs) Yeah. And it's been a, 
I so I, I do apologize for some of the unprofessionalism with that. <laughs> and, and, you know, honestly, this bike was also pretty good looking as well. Uh, so some of the knock, some of the knocks against this bike was again, some of the twitchiness because it was almost, it's nimble to a fault. Uh, also the gas tank was pretty, I don't think they were getting the most fuel range with it. I mean, we were hitting, we were hitting uh, reserve at like the 30 mile mark. I think it was 50 miles out of the tank. Yeah, I I think I heard that from Jimmy too. Yeah, if I remember correctly, fifty miles We're out fine. of fifty miles out of tank, which isn't you know too bad for a three hundred. So you can still get a good uh, a ride on it, a good ride on it, and it does hit reserve a little faster than most bikes, if I remember correctly as well. That was a big thing about it. This it does have the fuel the oil injection as well. Yeah, so you can just fill up at a pump, which is nice. So. Yeah, very nice. You don't have to wait an hour and fifty minutes for it to charge up. I like that. Uh, I am a fan of how that how the beta seats pop off as well with that button in the back. Uh, has there been any since you own one? Has there been any drop off? Like, has that button been easier or harder to use? Getting harder to use as time goes on. No. So they've kind of all held in and been pretty easy. Mm -hmm. One of my uncles, his his little peg got bent. Mm -hmm. So we just messed with the, the the lever that latches it, and it worked out perfect. Okay. Still working. Yeah, and I don't remember. And there's I don't recall any reliability issues with this bike either. It was I think the only weird thing that happened with it is the the preload the the locks for the preload adjuster. Uh, one of them came loose when we were riding, uh, but I went ahead and tightened it back up, and it never came loose again. Uh, if you are looking to use this as a more serious dirt bike, you would want to put some stiffer springs in it or just flat out upgrade the suspension. Uh, you could also, I have heard of some people putting just the regular pipe on it, but I haven't heard any feedback on what that does to the bike. Cause at, it, from the engine and the carb, it's the same thing off the 300 RR if I remember correctly. Yeah. So Gary at sportsman, the beta dealer here in Vegas, he mm -hmm. says it brings it to pretty much a beta 300 RR. Yeah, and I, I agree with what Mr. Mr. Uh, Parazzi is saying in the chat. Lots of suspension and upgrades available for the uh, beta cross stringer, a bike that could grow with the rider's skills. And mm -hmm. I, I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, I would argue this is probably the best bike for someone who's maybe looking at a second bike or is maybe looking at getting into riding and they haven't ridden for a while. That could be, this would be a good bike for you or you're just, Maybe you're just getting older and you have no interest in going fast. Uh, personally, this is this is the bike that I would want to practice all of the drills. This is this would be a bike that I would want to train on, just because it's very nimble, really lightweight, fun to throw around, and just that that bottom end power was so much fun. I I, I, I really like this bike, <laughs> if you can tell. But for beginners, for a true beginner, maybe not the most comfortable. Uh, any, I think that kind of is my closing thoughts on this bike is it, it's amazing at what it does and it does it and it knows what it wants to do. So yes. yeah, nothing else you want to add on that. Yeah. If you get this bike and what it's designed for, it is a, an amazing bike, mm -hmm. but if you kind of get it outside of that realm, so like a kid, like my age kind of mm -hmm. trying to get a little faster, mm -hmm not a great bike mm -hmm. but 
definitely a great beginner bike. Yeah, yeah, and, and just a great bike to practice your skills on. Like braking, brakes are solid. Uh, balance, the bike is low to the ground, so you don't have to, if you're worried about putting a foot down, it's pretty easy to get a foot down. Uh, turning, very nimble, so it's easy to get initiating turns and everything. So yeah, great bike. I feel like I'm starting to repeat myself here. Just I just got really, I just get really excited. Like every time I hop on a bike across trainer, I had a, I learned something new and I had a great ride. So cool. Uh, now the last bike we had in this shootout was the 2022 Honda CRF 250F. Let me let me pull the picture up here. Um, here we go. This one, we have an action shot for it. <laughs> I couldn't find the static for this in my, my show prep. So we have this, we have an action shot of it. So this right here is an amazing bike. This replaced the long standing CRF 230F. Uh, and if I remember right, it's pretty, it's pretty much completely redesigned. Uh, the engine, it's now 250 versus 230. It's fuel injected, not carbureted anymore. Still has the cable clutch. Uh, it still has the conventional forks, but they're actually a little bit more beefy they have a little bit more wider diameter than the original 230 forks. Uh, it has a rear and it has a disc rear brake now versus the drum brake that the old 230s used to have. Uh, the KLX, I, I, I want to back up. The KLX also had that uh, rear disc brake. It didn't have the tra traditional drum brake that you associate with the 230. Uh, so this bike, it had a lot of upgrades from. It kept a lot of the characteristics of the old 230, and it built upon them. And this, this bike was, it, it blew me away when I hopped on it. Cause I hopped on it and thinking I was just going to get on, uh, essentially a 230 replacement with 20 extra CCs. And when I, when I got on it, it was, yeah, it still had that same signature bottom end power that you get, you're used to getting with the two thirties, but you could also rev it a little bit like a motocross bike. That was what blew me away about it was okay. Yeah. There's a lot of power down low. It's really easy to use, but if you want to go faster, Holy crap! You could actually rev this thing and get a little speed, uh, get a little power from that top end, uh, and it—that's what blew me away about it was that it kept the 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 really easy to ride power that the two thirties used to have, and it made it even, you know, more fun or faster if you wanted to go faster. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you had anything to add on with the power of this bike. Just yeah, if you, as long as you're cool with the the height, it's great power and you can start from nothing and work your way up to a pretty quick rider. Yeah. That's so. what blew me away about it is like, if you just want to ride it like an old 230, be nice and mellow, you can, but if you want to ride it a little bit faster, you can do that too. And the, the, the wider diameter of forks that came on the, this 250 versus the old 230s, uh, it allowed, it also didn't bottom out as easy as the old 230s. So the suspension lets you ride it a little bit faster as well. So th that's what I just did. I had no idea that you could do that with an engine keep it that easy to ride, but also add a little bit more speed to it if you wanted to. And I think it comes from the fuel injection as well as the extra C 20 CCs probably helps as well. Yeah. The suspension was, uh, pretty good. Mm -hmm. So I always thought that the Honda and the Cowie went hand in hand and the free ride and the X trainer went hand in hand. Now, the suspension on the Honda was definitely better than the one on the KLX. Yeah, yeah. In that aspect. It, it didn't bottom out nearly as easily. Now, it, don't get me wrong, it was still easy to bottom out uh, for us when we were trying to ride it faster, but just how much more it would hold up versus the old 230s is what blew me away. Uh, yes. 
Whereas like you say, if you, so for an example, I'm just picking numbers here. This isn't, this isn't how we tested it at all, but like on old 230, you could hit a bump at 20 miles per hour, blow through the stroke, no problems. On this bike, if you hit the, that same bump at 20 miles per hour, it's going to use up a good chunk of the stroke, but it's not going to bottom out. No. So that's like, a, that's just an example. It would hold up more. Uh, CRF 230 was heavy, gutless power and very cheap suspension. Good to learn for the cheap, but not confidence inspiring. Uh, I kind of halfway agree with that. Yes, it was heavy. And what's interesting about this bike is it's actually heavier than the old 230s. This is a 260 pound motorcycle, but when you ride it, you would never guess that. It felt like one of the lightest bikes in this, in the shootout, but it definitely wasn't. Um, with gutless power, uh, it's gutless if you leave the bottom end of the power band, yeah. And cheap suspension, I th yeah, they're trying to keep the cost down with the bike. This bike is meant to be an inexpensive introduction to the to riding dirt bikes. And this, the CRF 250 does that just as well. Any adjustability of the suspension front and rear? No, there were still no clicker settings that you could do. You could adjust the preload in the rear, but that's about it. Uh, if I remember correctly, if you could even adjust the, the suspension uh, preload, but I think you could. Um, let's see here. The, the ergonomics, you know, they were, I actually, uh, it, it was funny about this is I actually felt like I could ride this bike almost like a, when I stood up on this bike, it almost felt like a full frame bike for me. It was the rider triangle was very comfortable for me. I, yeah. I don't know if you had the same experience, whereas the KLX 230, it felt like it, you had to ride it sitting down this bike. I could sit down or stand up. And it would be just as comfortable for me. There's something about this bike and its ergonomics that just fit everyone good. Like it didn't fit everyone great, but almost everyone who hopped off that bike was very comfortable with the ergonomics and the setups. Yeah. Just some lever adjustments. And that was about it. Um, this bike was really solid. Uh, when it came to the chassis, when it came to like handling and to the chassis, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it was as, it's definitely not as nimble as the Honda, this is this bike was somewhere in between, I would say the Beta and the Cowie, where the Cowie was very rigid, very uh, planted, and the Beta was very, very nimble. I'd say the Honda was actually kind of nimble if you were uh, in the right, uh, if you were uh, given a little blip here and there, it was actually very nimble, but still very planted. It was like that sweet spot. It was just right when it came to Turning this bike or going in a straight line, it, it was nimble but yet still planted. Uh, I don't know if you felt the same way, Logan. Um, yeah, it was definitely planted and a happy medium between the two, and mm -hmm. definitely leaning more towards the planted side versus the nimble. Uh, like in a very tight single track trail, yeah, you would definitely start to feel that that weight. Uh, but it definitely didn't. The planted didn't. It wasn't to the, it didn't take away from the bike is I guess what I'm trying to get at. Whereas with the Cowie, it was so planted, it took away from it a little bit. This bike, you could still kind of, you could still get it to turn uh, when you needed it to relatively easily. Uh, anything else regarding this bike? The, the brakes, you, you, you know, I feel like I'm a broken record with the brakes. The brakes were also good on this bike. Uh, I would say they're probably not as strong as the beta or the KTM, but they were right there with the, the Cowie. And honestly, they were still pretty good. Yeah. They, they were really solid. Like I, I could stop. No, no worries. Like if you gave me any four of those bikes, I, 
I don't think I would have, I think I would have the same braking distance on each one. Yeah. It could definitely slow down the bike from mm. top speed pretty quick. Yeah. Like no. it didn't, it wasn't below the level of the bike. No. And there was no issues at all. They weren't too touchy. They definitely weren't like you needed to pull it in to try and get it to, to break. It was really, really steady, really consistent. I really liked that cable clutch, no issues. I mean, I feel like modern cable clutches, you don't really have a whole lot of issues when it comes, you need to adjust it and everything. And especially on these bikes, you know, these aren't high performance engines. Uh, this is just, this was just a really good trail bike slash play bike. Uh, if you're shorter stature and maybe you just don't want to deal with a two stroke, this bike would also be a good, uh, second bike for you to have to, for you to play around and practice on, uh, the, it's a wonderful beginner bike, uh, wonderful beginner bike, this, and it's seat height is also pretty low. So your short stature, this is a great bike for you as well. All these bikes didn't have regular seat height. Uh, all of them were below 35 inches. If I remember correctly, just, just off the top of my head. None of them were very hot, tall bikes at all. The, the free ride felt like the tallest. Uh, that, this bike, it was super easy. Ever, like sitting, standing, it felt perfect. It, well, I wouldn't say perfect. It felt very comfortable to ride on no matter what. Different size. It, it was just, it, it, it just blew, this bike just blew me away. It was the re old, reliable 230, but better. Yep, just got a revamp from the old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all, all the a lot of the cheap components were gone. Uh, well, yeah, just just really good bike. So, um, any closing thoughts on the CRF two fifty? Um, as long as you're cool with the the lowness, you could definitely go really far on this bike. Yeah, yeah, great bike. Uh, Air cooled engine, no radiator. Uh, trying to think if there's anything else I'm missing, but just this was just a solid bike. Uh, electric start worked no problem. Um, yeah. great trail bike. You're not going to race this one anytime soon, but if you're trying to race a 230 or this bike, then that's not your biggest issue. The bike's not the biggest issue there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so cool. So Logan, out of all these bikes, which one did would you want, and which one did you think was the best beginner bike? So. Depending on what I would want to do, mm -hmm. I would take the Honda and the X-Trainer. The Honda more for like a pit bike kind of thing that like hit a couple more jumps and and just have a little fun on it. Mm -hmm. Not as a like a main bike, definitely as a secondary bike. Yeah. And just have a have a little fun and bounce around on it. Okay. But the, the X-Trainer for like super hard, hard enduro and just would be a blast on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then pretty much they all have their strong suits for, they could all have their perfect person for mm -hmm. a beginner. Bike. It's just height, weight, so many variables, but yeah, probably between those two for, for a beginner. Big, yeah. 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 And okay. So those are the two that you would kind of recommend for beginners, the cross trainer or the, the CRF 250F. Yes. Yeah. And important distinction. We're not talking the CRF 250R. <laughs> Don't get the motocross bike. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of save my picks for the shootout video when it eventually comes out, but yeah, thanks for coming on and talk to me about these bikes, Logan. Uh, I think 
for everyone else in chat, we're going to bring, we're going to go to commercial break. Uh, and Jimmy is trying to join the Zoom call again. So if you want to stick around for Logan, do you want to stick around after the commercial break or you got to go? Uh, I'm probably going to head out. Okay. Sounds good. Well, yeah. Uh, go ahead and watch these commercial breaks, everyone. Thank you very much for checking us in and uh, we'll be back with Jimmy. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty. And we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets the, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. All right, and we're back with uh, with Jimmy Lewis, you know, some guy who actually uh, runs the show. It, you haven't ruined the show yet. Not yet. I mean, the chat can let us know how it went. Uh, I felt like I was a little. I felt like I was rough. Uh, definitely a lot of ums and uhs. Uh, I'm not necessarily used to being on the camera. I'm more comfortable to the side of the camera. Pushing the wrong buttons, you mean? Pushing the wrong buttons, like the ones that mute you, stuff like that. Yeah, I like to push buttons too. Evidently. Yeah. So, uh, the, the, so you, you you got through all the beginner bikes. I, mm -hmm. I caught I caught a bit of it when I was checking in on you, making sure you were doing your job there. Yeah, yeah. Um, by by job, I mean the thing you don't really get paid for. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's called it's really a fun. That's why it's not a job. It's if you if you get paid <laughs> for a job, but if it's a fun, you're doing it because you because you like it. Yeah. Uh, I I noticed like some people said that the brakes on the Beta. And the KTM were far superior to the ones on, let's say, the Honda and the Kawasaki. Yeah, you know, we touched on that a little bit. Uh, I guess I didn't really you, feel like they weren't that different, honestly. I tell you, like, like, oh, I, I noticed the KTM probably has the strongest brakes. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just in, in their, 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 that, that's not even the top line one. They're just, they're strong, but they're also kind of a little bit grabby. Mm -hmm. And then the beta ones are right there. Maybe a little less grabby, a little more like like strong over the long haul. But the brakes on the Honda, the Kawasaki, being a little less strong and a little less uh, grabby, a little less we'll call them high performance, are generally better for someone that isn't super dialed in at mm -hmm. having really good brake control, you know, front or rear, right, and, and stuff like that. So um, when you know, like you have to, and and everybody go, well, it's you know, built in Brazil or it's, it's made in, in, in someplace else other than Japan or, or wherever. And they're, they'll, they'll, they're the first to kind of throw stones at it, but it's like for the intended purpose, their brakes, they slow the bike down. They work really good. Did any of your beginner riders complain about any of the brakes? No, none of them complained about the brakes. Did, did any of them say that maybe some of them were more grabby? 
No, no, none of them. But but uh, the drills that I have them do, that's like the first thing I do is I have them get really comfortable with each of the brakes. Right. And, but most people don't have really good training before they hop on one of these bikes. And the first yeah. thing they do is stab the front brake, it locks up, and they hit the ground. Yes, and yes, this is a very common thing. Having done beginner bike comparisons in the past with really beginner riders and stuff, the, the more common beginner plate or new rider complaint is the brakes are too grabby. Hence, the ones that we like, you know, as a, you know, higher level riders tend to be too grabby. Right. And then and then you start paying and, you know, you know this from your teaching, them, right? But you also notice that, hey, maybe the adjustment point is too far out and, and, it, and it is grabby because their hands, you know, they're, it's not engaging where they want to because they don't even know. They're, they're coming from a place. And that's the thing about these bikes is they're, they're meant to be friendly easy to use you can tip them over and things don't break off of them as easy as some you know competition bikes there's a lot of stuff that maybe you know that an expert or someone that's really into the motorcycles feels that isn't important to this group right yeah i i just agree i agree with everything you just said uh but yeah i don't know if any of my beginners really because you know, in, in, in the conditions I was te- having them uh, go about in, I don't really know if they ever really had a chance to go at high enough speeds to really actually get a feel for the brakes. Uh, just because of the way that we were teaching them was through my beginner curriculum, where it's more about just using them all safely, not necessarily right. going fast and going on the brakes or, you know, needing to get on the brakes quickly. Uh, yeah. it's, just, it's just another thing. It's just like, you know, shifting. Sometimes beginner riders don't shift that much. Yeah. And so you yeah. say, how? It's like, well, it, it shifted and, right, right. <laughs> and I would hop on a lot of these bikes and go, yeah, the transmission's a little bit clunky. Yeah. And this was something that I actually ran into with our true, our beginner, beginner, never touched a motorcycle in his entire life before. Uh, that was actually something we ran into was the shifting. It, and, and then, and then, so we have the Yamaha TTR 230 now. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting to put around on that bike. And the first thing I noticed when I hopped on is like, where the heck is the shift lever position? Right. We, and, and it's funny because it's it's just, this was a bike that Yamaha had used for, you know, some other beginner things. And the shift lever is completely weird position. The first thing we do is hop on and we go, that, that's a, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And we want to put it where it's supposed to be. But obviously the person that was riding it didn't seem to bother them. Or maybe that's where they wanted it. I don't know. But I'm kind of thinking that where it's at didn't bother anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we have some questions. Uh, just a few questions. Yeah, so we'll just go through what was put in the chat here. So Noah had asked a while ago, so curious about the Washugal tool and the Millville tool as well as the Battlecross X30. Just wanted some advice on tires that can handle a lot and are pretty du- durable and can last a while. Did he... Is the the Washugal and the Millville, the two, the two Kenda ones he mentioned? Yes, and then a Battlecross, which is uh, the, the Bridgestone. Bridgestone. In my opinion, all those tires are pretty much about the same in almost every um, every aspect of kind of uh, durability. I think you know, you know maybe one condition might suit one of them a little bit more than the other, but they're all kind of this intermediate uh, terrain tire. I would say if you're really um, kind of high level and pushing, uh, you know, really pushing it, I think the Bridgestone. Uh, on a motocross style conditions might uh, be a little bit better. The, I know the Kenda front tires in those ranges 
tend to be, you know, the riders tend to be a little more picky. I would, so I'm not going to say one's better than the other because tires are a personal choice. And um, you, I think the Bridgestone would probably fit a larger number of riders. And I would say that that's, that's probably for 60% of those riders is based on the name on the tire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just like if you, if, I think I think a Dunlop would have a higher rating just based on the name of the tire. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they all make, they all make good tires, and until you actually ride one and decide whether you like or dislike it, um, that's uh, that's the case. Those are like I said, they're all pretty decent intermediate level tires, and uh, and I I mean try them and try them find out. If you don't like it, take it off really quick and then sell it. Right, right. Slightly used. Okay, so uh, Josh Korpochak, uh had asked Jimmy. Yeah, uh, have you hopped on the cove yet? No, it, evidently it's the uh, it's the uh, I'm speaking for Mike Johnson here, who's here at the uh, Nora Rally. I think I don't know what he's running top five at least. I haven't haven't really seen the results just yet um, mm-hmm. because there's there's some penalties that have been assessed from different riders missing speed zones or you know skipping out of a neutralization zone a little quick. But he was physically leading yesterday stage on the cove by. Good solid what ten minutes, Mike. Mike's got earbuds in, so he can't hear me right oh, now. Yeah. But like, we're out. We were very late in the course when he came by. He had like a ten minute lead on everybody, but a oh. couple of guys issues with their um, navigation. But Mike has nothing but good things to say about that bike. I trust him. He has mm-hmm. owned older versions of KTM factory rally bikes, not the factory factory ones, but the ones that you get to when you're racing Dakar. Um, so he 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 does know, and he's really happy with it but then he is a quote kobe factory rider he mm-hmm. finished sonora and came straight over here didn't do anything i think changed oil and i saw him changing the air filter on it today and it's been really happy with the bike and i oh. you know i i'm stoked to see them here um you know it things seems to be running running strong and and he says it's really comfortable to ride and it's kind of surprising him so those are his words, not mine. They haven't let me ride one. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, has there been any updates on you on getting one at all out in front? No. No. Hmm. He said I, I think he said I could ride it if I wanted to, but I'll wait till he finishes the rally first. Got it. Got it. Uh, I don't yeah. want to tell you about the race bike. <laughs> the, the other question. And this one is a it, – it looked like a race one. It looks like it has a carbon tower on it and stuff, and it's mm-hmm. – it's you know, so it's, it's kind of uncorked and runs and, like, seems – Pretty solid. Nice, nice. Uh, the other question was uh, another start var question: is if you've heard any updates or if you know if we're gonna uh, get one? Because I thought I've heard there's actually been some updates that they're actually working towards coming out. <laughs> well, let's see. It was supposed to be out um, a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and they managed to parade one around the United States, but nobody got to ride it. They showed a lot of their dealers that yes, they do exist even though we knew they did exist because they had a whole bunch of journalists ride the ones that did exist. You can rock and, and ride one. <laughs> yeah. And then they, yeah, they have a lot of, they have a lot of banger videos out on the, on the internet. So you believe everything you see on the internets. And so whatever they say, when they're going to deliver them, just, you know, write that date down. Mm-hmm. And then when they're a little bit late, don't be, don't be too surprised. And there's no way they're going to deliver them in the quantity that they, originally anticipated in mm-hmm. my opinion because there's just supply issues and i don't think that they're going to deliver them 
in the specification that they originally released because of technology issues. Yeah. So you know, when they when they when they do, I'll be the first one to eat my words. But it was just some very ambitious stuff, and it just came out at the right time. And 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 now most people kind of forgot. I like a, when I was walking around, I pointed the camera at an all electric Myers Manx buggy that mm-hmm. that someone's out here, and. So this is this is like kind of, kind of an electric version of a of a classic you know racing buggy, mm-hmm. and it, they, they, I talked to the guy a lot about how they're you know doing the batteries and some engine management and they had some interesting things and it's just it's coming you know electric stuff and it, don't don't be surprised it's it's coming and yeah I, I'm not poo pooing the start because it's electric I'm just saying that that's that they they were maybe a little bit ahead of the ahead of the gun just like um mm-hmm. alto was for instance alto made a really good electric motorcycle that i rode and i can say a lot of really good things about the 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 battery life the power delivery the modes they had the the, the throttle control to the rear wheel like all things that were problems previous to that and they they had you know it had some severe handling issues that they were working on addressing and then they ran out of money so I, I want to circle back to something you had touched on earlier with the issues that the start is going to be running into. And you said supplies. Now, is that just due to supplies that there's like supply and demand issues we've just ran into from COVID? Or is it just supply issues due to the volume of orders that they're going to have to fill? And that's a lot of forks. That's a lot of shocks that you're going to have to order. Uh, yeah, some of that. Yes. So forks and shocks. And the thing is, if they made the order for the forks and shocks in about six months, mm-hmm. They, they could probably potentially have that just based on normal R&D and development and production timelines. If back then they ordered the whatever, however, I mean, I don't remember the number off the top of my head. Right, now. It was a large number of orders they took. If they ordered those back then, they weren't going to get it in six months. Mm-hmm. But two years later, yes, they can have that number of, of components. Um, and, and then there's also some battery stuff because – the, the numbers they claimed on charging and discharging and power output and stuff, the math didn't add up in my head mm-hmm. or in a few other very, well, people way smarter than me. The math didn't add up. And, and then it was like that battery won't be around for two or three years is what I was told. Yeah. And, and right now just the materials for, for batteries, especially higher performance batteries are kind of hard to come by multiply that by 10,000. Yeah, you can build 10, but multi, you know, multiply that by 10,000 units. And, and then, then, then we start having some of the issues that maybe, or maybe not. I mean, they haven't, they haven't really said why things have been slow. They've been very tight lipped about it and, Mm -hmm. and, and careful about it. So I, I don't know. I, like I said, when I ride one, I can tell you how it works. And, and, and unless they tell you why they're having issues, you're just, I'm speculating and we're speculating, but that's just from a little bit of experience, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so now I want to follow up with two other questions with bikes that we've heard about. Uh, have you heard any Triumph news at all? Somebody said, I, I haven't chased it down, but somebody said there was some uh, drone video footage of one racing around someplace at a test track. Yeah, there was and, one of a uh, last name was DeSalle. I forgot his, uh, his MXGP guy. And oh, Clement. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a video of him. And I mean, it was... <laughs> Very, very grainy footage. Like I couldn't really make out a whole lot in the video. He's just, he was just, he was just on a white bike. From, from, yeah, from what I understand, they're, you know, doing development and, and they're, they're doing all the things and they're, 
they're being very tight lipped with information and yeah. stuff because, you know, I think they, they you know, they, they, they produce a lot of motorcycles. They have, they understand all this stuff. And so mm-hmm. they're, and I, and I, I understand that the, the, you know, the people that are working on it are very, have a lot of NDAs, non-disclosure agreements about what they can and can't say, which is pretty much, they can't say anything. So, uh, yeah, Got it. I don't know. I don't know where the development is taking place and where they're doing it. And it, they, they've been really good at keeping it a secret. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really have. No, I haven't heard or seen anything about it besides a really grainy video. Uh, last thing I want to hear, I, I just recently heard about is, uh, Ducati. Uh, same thing. I've heard a lot of, heard a lot of rumors. Um, and it's mostly through, you know, some of the racing community cause they're out there fishing around, for riders i mm-hmm. i don't know anybody in the in the in the development you know circles that knew anything about it or has any information about it so i don't really i don't really know but it, you know the, the people that were had heard about it all seem to be pretty re, you know respectable and mm-hmm. you know new stuff but um you know no no solid info on that either okay uh so yeah. <laughs> Real interesting if those companies show up, and then we're mm-hmm. also expecting Beta to start going racing in professional motocross and mm-hmm. supercross. I, I would, I would kind of suspect to see, um, you know, some of the Beta stuff maybe in the MXGPs before they actually do something over here. I've heard they're talking to riders, but I thought they already that, have an MXGP team that's been going they last do. year. They're riding, they're riding older stuff. Got it. Got it. Nothing like new. Um. So actually, sorry, another question just popped into my head. Uh. Is that so with all these companies starting to come in, you know, Triumph, Ducati, established motorcycle brands now coming in with dirt bikes. Is that a a good sign for the industry of off-road motorcycles, that whole market segment? Or does it just mean nothing at all? Just just like the general economy. Uh It's confusing. I mean, like, you you know, we're, we're, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're just kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know why Triumph is getting into dirt bikes. I don't know why Ducati would get into dirt bikes other than to just have brand exposure on a very big stage. Because the one thing that that especially Supercross does is there's just a lot of just general market exposure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's popular. People that don't really know a ton about motorcycles seem to be watching Supercross. The audience is going up and and the television coverage packages are better. And now you have this world supercrossing. There's a lot of stuff that's growing in the racing. And, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of more an exposure thing. I just don't see how, you know, and you look at how much money Ducati spends on MotoGP and, and I don't really follow MotoGP super close, but they're killing it. Mm-hmm. The, the, and, and, and it's like for a company that doesn't sell a ton of motorcycles, Maybe this is just another avenue or another way to get a little bit more exposure and sell a few motorcycle, more motorcycles because obviously they know how to make it make it work. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, you know, same for same for Triumph. Maybe it's a way that they 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 say, hey, we want to get younger, more, in, you know, um, we want to groom some riders now th- mm-hmm. to learn about our brand. So when they do graduate to to street bikes and and you know, mobility motorcycles, which I think, you know, maybe become more popular with the electric stuff in the future. Um, maybe it's just a, maybe it's just a play to, you know, get a little bit more exposure. People are more familiar with the brand. 
Yeah, yeah, that'd be the only thing I could think of is trying to build more of a pipeline. I I can't. I mean, I know how much money it costs to develop and design an, an all new dirt bike. I've heard the growing pains from you know watching BMW try to introduce dirt bikes into their line at one point, mm-hmm. uh, and and how you know when you're talking about some of these street dealers, but maybe they're looking into the future where people are going to be buying motorcycles online, and and then at that point. And I, I don't think brand loyalty is what it used to be. And if you have something that's, it may get to the point where if you have a, you know, if you have the availability of product, you might be able to see somebody race something on one day and, Hey, that bike looks cool. I like this brand. I like this image. I want one of those. And it, the buying decision may become more instantaneous as opposed to like, you know, I want a Honda or a KTM cause you know, I rode one of those when I was a kid and now I, you know, now I want to ride one. I think, I think that there's the potential to, you know, for a company to just go from, you know, look at Tesla. How long has Tesla been around and how many of those do you see on the road? And that's literally a startup. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I, I, I can see that, you know, even a company like Stark could just come from nowhere and, and be, you know, very prevalent very quickly if what they deliver is what people want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, you know, maybe, you know, and, and I think that, in the near future, we're going to go, we're, we're going to go electric with a lot of different, a lot of different brands and stuff. We're going to go electric and doesn't matter what you've been doing for the last 50 years with your gasoline powered stuff. Electric is a whole new ball game. And, you know, maybe, you know, companies like Triumph and, and Ducati and, you know, you know, and even Harley Davidson had was invested in Alta and they pulled, you know, that, that's why it went away. They kind of pulled, yeah, pulled the plug on, on it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so do it. There is a question here from the chat, so from Noah James. For hair scrambles and single tracks in Florida, would you recommend a 2023 CRF250RX, a WR250F, or a Beta250RR? Thanks in advance. The three bikes, one more time again? CRF250RX, the WR250F, and the Beta250RR. Um uh, Yamaha does sponsor. Do you read our sponsors, Matt? Do you read I, the sponsors? I did not read out the sponsors yet. I just realized that they've been going on at the bottom of the screen the whole time. But people like okay, so all the people that are on the podcast that are listening to this, as opposed to uh, you know watching it, because nobody watches anything anymore. They just listen. Actually, they don't listen. They hardly do anything anymore. But why don't you read off our sponsors really quick, and then and then I'll yeah. and then because I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I'm you know. I'm going to rank the Yamaha last in this thing, but they are a sponsor of the show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Seat Concepts, Bulletproof Designs, Double Take Mirrors. We'll all be disappointed in the fact that I just now did the ad read. Uh, also, don't forget to support, click on the Support DBT tab on dirtbiketest.com and shop through the Amazon and Rocky Mountain links there. Whatever you purchase, when you go through those links, we do get a small slice of that. So you are supporting us and you are supporting this podcast when you do shop yeah. through those links. Okay, so you you just fast forward for the next 15 minutes this podcast because all I'm going to do is just repeat our sponsors over and over to make up for the the the, the F up that Matt did. But uh, I'm, I'm just going to click that and put it in the Jimmy, beginning too. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy coming to you live on the Seat Concepts Hot Seat Hotline, mm-hmm. uh, by the way. Uh, the So in of those of those bikes... I'm gonna I'm gonna say the the Yamaha WR250. You know we have a new one, and 
and I know it's better than the old one just based on the suspension acts stiffer. And that was probably the, especially for Florida, we're talking about sand and, and, and you want hold up and stuff. I think that the, out of the two four strokes, the Honda might be just a little bit better of a, of a choice just based on chassis and stability um, and just kind of, kind of hold up. The Yamaha's not that far behind, but you do have to do a lot of, mod- a lot more modifications to the, Yamaha to get it from WR stock to make it, you know, you have to do a competition ECU and some other things, but the, the beta 250RR, I mean, just being a two stroke, it's going to be, it's going to have more power, um, probably more, um, uh, just get up and go where the four strokes, you really have to wring their necks to, to make them work in the sand like that. So I'm, I'm out of those three bikes. That's what, that's what I would guess, but they're all, they're all good bikes. I mean, just, like we talked about in our 450FX comparison, we were all blown away by how good the bikes are these days. And we weren't just saying that. We were just very surprised that there wasn't a, a stinker in the group. Yeah. And yeah. I none, none of those three, I've ridden all three of those bikes, and none of those three bikes are a stinker. They're all good motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, is, is there really such thing as a bad motorcycle these days? Or is there just one, or is it just characteristics might fit someone else better, better than but, other people? Let's see. Husaberg's aside, yeah. Let's see. There's none. I mean, not, not, not really. I, it's just the the market has gotten to the point where you can't really have bad stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, there's some bikes I haven't ridden, so I can't really say. You know, I haven't ridden any TMs lately. I haven't ridden any Shurkos, so I, I don't, I don't know. But the people that the people that own them seem to like them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the the nature of the beast yeah definitely uh well cool uh that that was it that i could find for questions coming up through the chat here okay well uh did, do we have rooster randos or are we we're suspending that thing uh we'll suspend it another week you should get taco mike to come on and rate rooster randos and then we could we could see how biased he is towards people with his own <laughs> products on there rooster yeah. Rando bought by tacomoto.co um are we are are you going to talk to him about tripling up the price for next time so we get some real bangers in there? Well, I don't know, but I have gotten a few uh, best dressed Rooster Randall submissions. We've gotten a couple. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We, we just need a few more, yeah. and we'll do we'll do a best dressed. Best dressed. Yeah, well, I think we're going to try to get a different sponsor for that. Okay. <laughs> and then and then the thing is, I think we will start getting people sending in pictures of their buddies in their gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can always make fun of it, you know, when you got the the the. You know, 1980s Thor jersey matched with the, you know, the, the, you know, 2005 uh, LBZs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the Carhartts. Carhartts. Yeah. People ride in Carhartts. Sometimes I ride my venture bike around in Carhartts. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's, that's only because I don't want to, you know, outshine everybody wearing my awesome climb gear. Yeah. Yeah. Climb. a fine sponsor of the show. See how I'm doing this, Matt? I'm just organically throwing the sponsor stuff in there. This is why you're the host and I am the producer. And I, but I ditched out on the show and I just left you to, to pick up the scraps. I think the viewers would like to know how this show came about is you called me on your way to Mexico to say, Matt, do a show. And right. I, 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 don't, I, I, I need to, I need to be making the money even when I'm out of the office. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, it turned out, I think it turned out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. As long as you say it's okay. Well, the chat said I did okay. I, 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 yeah. (laughs) As long as the viewership is up, but I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, you got to work on that background. You got there. Your bedroom isn't the best background. How come 
uh, Ricky Brabeck knows how to make a good background. I'm wearing the uh, Americans I... t-shirt too, by the way. Cool. Uh, unsigned because that donkey won't sign my shirts either. Yeah, um, he signed Mark, Mark Daniels. Yeah, Mark was happy he got his shirt. Nice. We've done one good thing. We do have another signed shirt that we'll probably be giving away pretty soon. Maybe that's our first for our best dressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll for our first winner or maybe loser, whatever we decide. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll we'll send them that uh, that Ricky Brabeck uh, uh, T-shirt. Which one? It's a Tech Talk Taco Tuesday T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna drop those new T-shirts real soon. When I get back and and get settled and figure out that you know um, if they let me back in the country, that is. Um, we will we'll get all this stuff. I know Jerry's itching. I got some samples of, on the gray the gray shirt. Mm-hmm. Got some samples in the works. So uh, we'll get we'll have Jerry come in and and we'll we'll pump that up and do a limited edition Tech Talk Taco Tuesday T-shirt for everybody that wants one. It'll be good because nice. we, we really want to become a T-shirt company. Yeah, merch this, company. This podcasting isn't getting us anywhere. No, no, it'll get us somewhere. But <laughs> okay. Um, so if you're listening to the show and you have questions, if Matt didn't answer or did a good or bad job, let us know in the comments or send us an email. Tell us how, how, uh, you know, your questions will answer your questions. I, I, I did have a few questions from the last show, but I didn't think I was going to be able to make this show. In fact, I'm listening now that people are firing up race cars in the parking lot and blocking me. And I have to leave at four o'clock in the morning to go to the start line to get everything ready there. But uh, yeah, good times down here at Nora. I, I wish I could have come live with the Trophy Girls on the on the the uh, the start line, finish line area down there on the Malecon here in Laredo. But um, internet's blame the internet's. I had to yeah. come to the hotel. So, right, I'm at. Well, uh, with that, I guess we're gonna get ready to sign the show off. You want to list off the sponsors one more time? Yes, we have Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Seat Concepts, Boltproof Designs, and Double Take Mirrors. Thanks. To That's all our right. Sponsors. Okay, thanks to all our sponsors. They all make really good, um, really good stuff that I believe in, and uh, I hope you believe in this podcast. And with that, we will um, see you on the trail. Cheers, see you guys.